Good morning. Today is Mother's Day. What a special day it is for all the moms. See, motherhood is a, is a great responsibility, is a deep passion for so many. We would all agree, had it not been for our moms, our stepmoms, our biological moms, our adopted moms, our foster moms, and all the women who built into our lives day after day, year after year, had it not been for them, the aunts and the grandmothers and those spiritual moms, without them we wouldn't be where we are today. So today, even uh, as we go through this day and as we talk about Jesus, as we talk about God, today we hope that you hear us say out loud and very clearly, thank you. Thank you. We celebrate you on this day. And at the same time, we remember that for many of you, today is maybe not the happiest of days. Maybe you woke up this morning and, and you didn't want to get out of bed. Maybe you second-guessed whether you should come to church this morning just because it was Mother's Day. Yes, I'm referring to the number who maybe didn't have a mom worth celebrating today. Those who experience was one of neglect or abuse or abandonment. As the video said, we see you. To those who have lost their mothers and today, and today is filled with feelings of sadness and loss, we see you. To those who have the strongest desires to carry a child and give birth but cannot, or those who have lost a child and felt empty, as well as those who are separated from their child, we see you. Wherever you are today and whatever your experience has been, today's message is for you. Our scripture reading today comes from the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 66. So if you have your Bibles with you today, I, I invite you to turn with me, Isaiah chapter 66. If you have a smartphone, you can find us on the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, all the scripture and notes for today will be located under the events tab. So we're starting in Isaiah 66, verse 10. Um, please follow along as I read aloud. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her. All you who love her, rejoice greatly with her, all you who mourn over her. For you will nurse and be satisfied at her comforting breasts. You will drink deeply and delight in her overflowing abundance. For this is what the Lord says, I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. When you see this, your heart will rejoice and you will flourish like grass, the hand of the Lord will be made known to his servants, but his fury will be shown to his foes. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day where we can come and, and we can rejoice 
over all the women who have played so many roles in our lives, those who have encouraged us, those who have, have walked with us, those who have comforted us, those who have affirmed us, those who have given us strength when we didn't think we could do it. God, we give thanks today for those whom you have placed in our lives. And God, we pray that, that for those who, who today is not a day of celebration, God, we pray that they would find everything that they are looking for in you. God, for those who, who today, it brings up other emotions, emotions of, of sadness or grief, maybe even guilt or shame, God, we pray that you would reign in this service, that this day would be about you, for you are good, you are great, God, and you are big enough to handle all of our hurts. God, we thank you. Today, as we, as we honor mothers, God, I pray that your gospel would be clear. That what you have called us to as your sons and daughters, that we would be obedient in that. God, may, your, may my words be yours, God. May you speak today. May we listen. May we be touched by you in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. They called her Becky. She was a daughter, a sister, a friend. But most knew her as simply a mom. Sure, she was my mom, but she was a mom of sorts to many more. See, Becky was a teacher. It's only fitting that Mother's Day falls at the end of Teacher Appreciation Week. Year after year, she would welcome a new class, a new batch of children, students. And day after day, she would give herself away to them. Her classroom of third graders was so much more than learning multiplication tables and reading skills. It was filled with song and laughter and hope. Each student had promise. Each student had worth. And it didn't matter whether you came from a home with a mom and a dad or, or a single parent situation or some kind of blended family. It didn't matter if your family had lots of money or no money at all, and it didn't matter if you weren't her son or her daughter. You would be loved, and you would be valued. See, it didn't surprise me when my classmates in middle school and high school, they said that Mrs. Wilson was their favorite teacher. She was mine, too. She had taught me how to read and write at the kitchen table. She had taught me to say please and thank you. Yes, sir, and no, ma'am. 
She taught me to cook and do laundry. But most of all, she taught me about God. See, my mom had grown up in a Christian home. She was just a child when my grandparents planted a United Methodist Church in Columbus, Indiana. Much of her life was spent at the church growing up. And so she passed on what she knew. She taught me about Jesus and the Bible. She taught me that Christians need other Christians. And so we go to church every Sunday. She taught me that because Jesus loved us and gave himself for us, that we should do the same. See, a mother is a picture of who God is. A mother is a picture of who God is. Think about it. A child is not born loving God. A child knows nothing of God. As far as a baby is concerned, there is no God. But there's mom. There's mom. See, I got to witness firsthand with the birth of my two daughters. And what happened as they immediately are born, a child is placed on the mother's chest. Their skin-to-skin contact is very important for the baby. It's comforting and soothing and helps solidify that bond outside the womb. See, this baby, this baby knows no other. There is no one else. They are bonded to the mother. For nine months, a baby has heard the heartbeat of a mother from inside. This child has been nourished and cared for by mom during that entire time. And that is awesome. That is awesome. But that's just the beginning. Oh, yeah. Things about to get real, real, real fast. The sleepless nights, the feedings, the endless diapers, all of it. But a mom gives and she gives and she gives. She makes sacrifices. She sacrifices sleep. She sacrifices going out with her friends. If she has to, she will even sacrifice normal adult things like showering. It's true. But that's what our moms did for us. And as we got older, sure, things seemed to maybe get a little easier. Sleep schedules started to take shape. Babies crying in the night comes to an end. But moms are always on duty, aren't they? Moms have this supernatural ability to hear even the faintest noise from a child who's sleeping. So then they're awake. They're awake. They are checking on the kids. For those of you who are, who are a child or a youth in the room today, uh, just be aware that Santa is not the only one who sees you when you're sleeping and knows when you are awake. A mother is a picture of who God is. Who is usually the child's first teacher? Mom. When a child is discouraged, it is usually the mother who comforts and inspires. When a child is disobedient, mom has no problems correcting them. When in doubt, mom seems to always be there to cheer you on and give you strength and affirmation. 
In 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul is nearing the end of his life, and so he writes this letter to his friend, his dear brother, his close disciple, Timothy, to encourage him, to inspire him, to remind him and warn him of a few things. And he says this in chapter 3. He says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know that those whom you lear- from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. To whom is Paul referring when he says, you know those from whom you learned it? Paul's not talking about himself. He says those. And he follows it up by talking about how Timothy has learned the Scriptures since his infancy. See, Paul hasn't known Timothy since birth. Who was it that taught Timothy these things? Well, take a look at chapter 1. 2 Timothy 1.5 says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. His mother and his grandmother. His mother and his grandmother laid the foundation. Timothy was the spiritual man that he was because of his mother and his grandmother. See, Timothy's father was not a follower of Christ. Acts 16, chapter 1 says that Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. He was a Gentile. See, Timothy was a product of a a home that had a believing mother and an unbelieving father, and he owes his faith and all of his Bible knowledge to his mother and his grandmother. They passed it on to him. They would read the scriptures and pray with him. Paul is telling Timothy to recall those times, those memories of not only how he came to believe, but the gentle instruction of mom and grandma. Charles Spurgeon once wrote, I am sure that in my early youth, no teaching ever made such an impression upon my mind as the instruction of my mother. Neither can I conceive that to any child there can be one who will have such influence over the heart as the mother who has so tenderly cared for her offspring. See, a mother and her relationship to her children is the first picture that a child will ever receive of God. A child's first thoughts about God will be formed based on the relationship between the child and the parent. Man, that's heavy. And so we must remember that however great a mother is, she's still imperfect. Even the greatest mother is still imperfect. A mother may be a picture of God, a shining example of God's love, of God's forgiveness, of God's instruction, of God's affirmation, of God's comfort, but at the end of the day, she's not God. However hard a mother may try to run the perfect home with the perfect children who have the perfect futures, a mother inevitably falls short because there are godlike characteristics that are trying to be 
embodied by someone other than God. Sure, while we may often think that mom, she can do anything. Moms have their limitations. And no one is more aware of that than mom herself. For the mom who works outside the home, she leaves one full-time job and heads to a second full-time job. Except this second full-time job, there is no overtime. There's no clocking in or out. It is simply, you're always on duty when you're a mom. So you come home to dishes and laundry and cleaning. You make dinner, something nutritious for the children. It it isn't, surely it's not going to take forever because we don't have forever. You're making sure the kids are doing their homework and that they are getting dropped off and picked up at all the sports practices, the music rehearsals, and the school events on time. You're making sure that baths are indeed happening, that chores are indeed being done, and will somebody please let that dog out? Maybe you'll get lucky tonight, and after the kids go to bed, you can work on making lunches and signing the forms and loading the backpacks after everyone goes to bed. Oh, yeah, honey, what was that you wanted to talk to me about? Yeah, maybe it can wait till tomorrow. And that's just an average day, if there is such a thing as an average day. See, moms, it can be so easy to beat yourself up if you've ever felt inadequate or inept, like you're not doing it right or that you're not living up to expectations, it's okay. If you feel like a, a hot mess, you're on the verge of a, of a breakdown or you just simply like had it up to here, there's grace. You're not perfect. You're not perfect. That should be a very freeing thing. We know about you, Mom. The ruse is up. We know you're tired. We know that you've been mothering out of your own strength. We know you worry about your kids. We know about the stress that you feel and the flaws that you see in yourself when you look in the mirror. Am I doing enough? Am I feeding them the right things? Are they developing life skills? How is their reading comprehension? I hope he makes the baseball team. Did he do that science extra credit? Did she pull up her Spanish grade? Now, what was it she said again about getting a ride home from cheer practice? Will my kids go to college? Will they get into a good school? How am I going to pay for it? I should talk to them about the Bible more. We should pray as a family. Do they know that I love them? Moms, you are so perfectly imperfect. So stop judging yourself on your performance or comparing yourself to that mom who seems to have it all together. Ditch the shame. Ditch the guilt and trust in the supernatural ability of the God who made you and loved you and called you very good before you were ever momming it. Lean on a God who is strong when we are weak. He knows it's hard. He made your kids and your husband. 
He knows you can't do it alone. He's the one who knit you together inside your mother's womb. As for the rest of us, let's stop judging moms using God's grading scale. We all fall short. We all need forgiveness. Rarely do we see a mom who's like purposely going to give less than her best. But maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, but you don't know my mom. My mom was terrible. She was the worst. She abandoned me. She left us. She abused me. Something along those lines. Please hear me say, please hear me say that that is terrible. That is terrible. We live in an imperfect world with imperfect people, and we can look at things and firmly say, that's not right. Please also hear me say, that's not how God is. See, in a mother is a picture of who God is, but in God we find the perfect mother. In God we find the perfect mother. That may sound weird, because we think of God as our father. But our God made Eve in his image. Adam and Eve were both made in the image of God. Our God created mothers. In fact, as we read earlier, God has motherly characteristics. Let's take a look back to Isaiah 66 that we read earlier. For this is what the Lord says, I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. And you will be comforted over Israel, over Jerusalem. See, our God is a combination of the best of everything. A strong father, a gentle mother. He disciplines, and as he says here, he comforts. He paints himself in these verses as being a, a mother to the nations, comforting them, nursing them, carrying them on the hip. As one scholar writes, all that is best holiest, sweetest, and most gracious in a noble man and also in a pure-hearted woman can be found in the Lord who is the source of all. He fuses together in his adorable person the strong, protective love of the man and the patient, tender, brooding, comforting, sacrificial love of the woman. Our God is perfect. He brings peace that passes all understanding. And he can comfort better than any created being. In fact, our God does everything better. Our God does everything better. He instructs better. He affirms better. Comforts, encourages, corrects, provides, sustains better than any of us can. So if you didn't have a mother or didn't have a good mother, know that God is enough. He's not just some consolation prize. He's better. He's better. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. You will be comforted 
Sadness and grief will end. Sorrow and mourning will turn to joy and laughter in the presence of God. See, motherhood is very near to the heart of God. He loves with a never-ending love that seeks to give sacrificially and pursue at all costs. If you have experienced the love of God, I implore you, pass it on. Pass it on. Whether you're a mother or not, whether your, your kids are still living with you or, or not, whether you are a woman or not, you can love with the love of God. You can comfort and encourage. You can instruct and inspire. I assure you that the needs around us are great. Everyone needs mother. Author and pastor John Piper reminds us all that we have a calling. He says, you have a calling that can become the long-remembered long ground of faith, not just for your children, mark this, but for the untold numbers who will be affected by your children and that's in addition to all the other thousands of ripple effects of faith in your life. See, my own mother passed away in 2015. She was 62. At her funeral, dozens and dozens of people came up. I did not know. I did not know. They were so diverse, they seemed to have nothing in common. Old, young, men and women. Those who lived in town and those who had driven hours to get there. And they said, your mom was like a mom to me. She was the best teacher I ever had. children rise and call her blessed. She was giving us a picture of who God is. My prayer is that we would do the same. May we love well and give our lives away to our children biological children spiritual children whatever that looks like in your life that we would give our lives away. And I pray that God's love would be evident to all. So to moms and everyone, we cheer you on today towards greater things in Christ Jesus, to work with a supernatural strength, to love with a supernatural love, and to show God's goodness in all things. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. That you are good. We thank you for the blessing of mothers and grandmothers. 
the long line of women who raised us, who built into us. We praise you, God, that you use imperfect people to do your perfect will. Thank you for those times where we recall how our moms were there for us. How they loved. How they dried tears and gave hugs. How they made us better by their gentle comforting, loving presence. God, we thank you that you are all those things. Help us, God, to be aware of those around us. Help us to point all towards you, for in you we find completeness. We thank you, God, that our completeness, our wholeness, our brokenness can't be fixed by anything on this earth. But by you and you alone. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right now we're going to enter into a time of response. The altar is open for prayer. Please come as God leads you. Let us stand as we sing together.